Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Greetings and welcome back to the program. I, I trust you are tuning in every week because we have been unpacking the book of Revelation for almost 80 weeks or better. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to wrap this up, but it's, uh, I, I just don't want to get in a hurry. I, we are getting such good response from uh, people uh, appreciating us giving an alternative view to the book of Revelation. Once again, we're not trying to fight anybody else. All we could do is give you what we believe God said to us. I have studied. Uh, matter of fact, the view that I now embrace is not the one I was raised on. And at first it was shocking to me and it almost made me mad and I fought it. And, and, uh, but the more I would dig in the Word of God and the more I would allow the Spirit of the Lord to teach me, the more I really begin to settle in my heart that this fits like nothing else I have ever heard. And to those of you who have followed us know uh, that uh, we are staying consistent with our uh, audience relevance, our time slot when this occurred, and showing you how it fits both with the book of Daniel and how it fits with the book of Revelation. We are in this segment. Uh, well, let me just say this. The last segment we showed you how uh, and why we believe that the uh, embodiment of this beast uh, was fulfilled with the Roman Empire from, uh, I believe it was Claudius Caesar, up through uh, the Caesars, through Nero, and finally ending with Vespasian, how they perfectly fit with Revelation 17, where five were fallen, one is, the other has not yet come, and when he comes, he'll continue a short space. The, the beast who was, was Nero, and he continued uh, for a season and ultimately was probably one of the most brutal and malicious and vile uh, bestial creatures that probably ever walked the planet. He initiated the great persecution in fulfillment of Matthew 24, they will deliver you up to be killed. It was under his reign that Christians were deliberately attacked and uh, they were, uh, you know, Paul the Apostle was beheaded under Nero, Peter was, and John the Revelator was exiled to the island called Patmos. I, I would also say to you uh, that there was a second beast in the book of Revelation, and that second beast uh, was looked like a lamb but spoke like a dragon. He had all the power of the first beast. What this to me speaks of is in fulfillment of what Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew when he said, Woe to you, or, or uh, beware of them who come to you in sheep's clothing, for inwardly they are ravening wolves. They were the false prophet, this two horns of this lamb-like beast. It looks like a lamb. It looks religious. It looks spiritual. It looks holy, but it talks like a dragon. I believe one of the most seductive things on the planet that has ever been or, or will ever be is religion in its falseness. You know, one of the things that I want to make clear to you also in this was that by the time Jesus had come on the scene, Judaism was now a perverted form. It was not the law of Moses in its pure form. Judaism was an extension of oral law and a bunch of traditions of the elders where Jesus rebukes them for their traditions because it looks like a lamb, but it talks like a dragon. And Jesus says to those rulers of the synagogue and the religious leaders, you are of your father, 
the devil, you're a generation of vipers. And he would say things to them like that inwardly, you know, beware to them that come to you in sheep's clothing, for inwardly they are ravening wolves. But together with the Romans who had literally come together even and agreed to crucify the Lord. But they were uh, uh, so at this point so apostatized that judgment was imminent and God said, I'm going to just uh, destroy this from off the place of the planet. I would also say to you, you know, in my book also that I showed you uh, in one of the other segments, uh, and I got it right here, I'll hold it up again for you, called uh, God's Beauty of the Beast. I wrote it in 1993. I write in this book how that the number of the beast also, if you go through other, uh, if you go through the scripture and you find uh, uh, that there are other words in the New Testament, words that have a numerical value of 666 using as it were, uh, Greek numbers, letters that had an equivalent of a number. It would be as if an A would be worth 10, a B would be worth 20. Uh, but there are only five words in the entire New Testament that have the numerical value of 666. And one of them, and of course all of them are in my book, God's Beauty and the Beast, my source and all of that, my source uh, for that, uh, I believe was, uh, I, I don't know, I, I, uh, it was called, I believe God's Arithmetic by Nash was the author. And uh, he says that there are five words in the entire New Testament that have a numerical value of 666. And the very first one is the word tradition. And it's where Jesus said, you have made the word of God ineffective by your traditions. And so they had replaced the pure word of God, the pure law of God for the traditions of men and what had become a polluted and perverted form of Judaism that was used to manipulate, control, and uh, just take advantage of God's people had fallen into such depravity. But I believe that's the beast that, uh, that had uh, two horns and spoke, looked like a lamb but talked like a dragon. But that, that, that system was about to literally be destroyed from off the face of the planet because it was uh, all of them together uh, that were warring against the lamb and against his, uh, and against his armies. I want us to look at uh, the book of uh, Ro or the book of Daniel, and we'll we'll kind of try to unpack some things in the next segment or two with this. But uh, this is uh, I'm going to read to you from the Amplified Bible because it makes it so much easier that I don't have to identify who these kings are. And I would encourage you you could go back yourself and see the Amplified Bible translates it. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions in his head, and he was lying upon his bed. Then he wrote down the dream and told the gist of the matter. Daniel said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heavens, which were political and social agitations, were stirring up the great sea, the nations of the world. And four great beasts came up out of the sea in succession and different from one another. I'm going to make some comparisons with this beast and the beast in Revelation. In Revelation 13, the beast came up out of the sea. The four great beasts came up out of the sea in succession and different from one another. The first, the Babylonian empire under Nebuchadnezzar was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I looked till the wings of it were plucked and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon two feet as a man and a man's heart was given to it. Behold, another beast, a second one, the Medo-Persian Empire, this was Darius the Mede, was like a bear. It raised up itself on one side, or one dominion, and three ribs were in its mouth between its teeth, and it was told, Arise and devour much flesh. And after this I looked, 
And behold, another Grecian empire of Alexander the Great was like a leopard, which had four wings of a bird on its back of the feast. The beast had also four heads, which were Alexander's generals, his successors. And after this, I saw the night vision. Behold, a fourth beast, which was the Roman Empire. This is how it's right. After this, I saw the night visions. Behold, a fourth beast, the Roman Empire. Terrible, powerful, and dreadful, and exceedingly strong, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and crushed and trampled what was left with its feet. And it was different from all the beasts that came before it. It had ten horns. The beast of Revelation has seven heads and ten horns. We showed you in the last segment that the seven heads were the, were the uh, rulers of the Roman Empire up through uh, following, I believe it was, Nero came two more, and then after him came a whole nother Flavius uh, dynasty that came after that. But the ten horns were the allies of the Roman Empire. Rome actually had ten, uh, uh, ten provinces who aided, uh, who aided in the wars both on Judaism and in Christianity. So these ten kings were also, these are the, the kings with whom the harlot did business, which the harlot in Revelation, we will show you later, was uh, apostate Israel. How has the faithful city become a harlot? And uh, her whoredoms had reached up to God uh, and uh, became a stench in its nostrils. But these were the, uh, the kings that the harlot did business with, and they became the instruments of her eventual destruction. As they came to hate the harlot, these gave their power and authority to the beast in order to make war against the lamb. They were the ones that uh, uh, hated the whore and made her naked and desolate and stood afar off and lamented her because they had all lived deliciously upon her whoredoms. Now, uh, I want to go on. So that's the seven, the seven heads were the seven emperors of Rome. And I showed you how I showed you in the last segment what they were. These other ten uh, horns were the ten. Uh, uh, they were the ten uh, provinces who aided in both the destruction and the wars of uh, destruction of Judaism and Christianity. They gave their power to the beast. So it perfectly fits with what Daniel calls it. And before it, it had ten horns symbolizing ten kings. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots. Behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. In the book of Revelation chapter 13, this beast or this had a mouth speaking great things and great blasphemies. He said, I kept looking until thrones were placed for the assessors with the judge and the ancient of days. God, the eternal father, took his seat, whose garment was white as snow and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, its wheels were burning fire. And a stream of fire came forth from before him, and a thousand thousands ministered to him, and ten thousand times ten thousand rose up and stood before him. And the judge was seated, and the court was in session, and the books were opened. And I looked then, because the sound of the great words which the horn was speaking, and I watched until the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. And as for the rest of the beast, their power of dominion was taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for the duration of their lives were fixed or for a season and a time. And I saw in the night visions, and behold, on the clouds of heavens, uh, 
came one like a son of man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And there was given him the Messiah, dominion and glory, and a kingdom that all peoples, that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one which shall not be destroyed. That's you know, one of the things, if nothing else, you can take away from whether I'm right or wrong concerning these kings, is the end of the matter is God wins. Because he said, I watched until uh, this Messiah came, and he was given kingdom authority and dominion that all nations' kingdoms should serve him. His kingdom is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and one kingdom which shall not be destroyed. You can read that again in Revelation chapter 5, verse 1 through 10, but you also can read uh, uh, that, uh, that in chapter 2 of the book of Daniel, that in the days of these kings, and these kings were these kings right here, the Romans, the God of heaven, he says, will set up a kingdom during the days of these kings, which will never be destroyed, and the kingdom will not be left to other people, but it will break in pieces and subdue every other kingdom. Folks, what that says to me is that we are living in a season when the kingdom of God is continuing to grow. It's like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of meal. The whole principle of the kingdom is of the increase of his government and peace. There will be no end. And while uh, they were dealing with natural governments and natural uh, nations back then, uh, God is still dealing with na nations and kings again, but he's dealing with them through the sword of his mouth to subdue and conquer until uh, the scripture Jesus declared, or Paul, I believe it was, declared, in Romans, that unto me, the word is going forth out of my mouth, will not return void, that unto me every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He has received a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and we are a part of that. Uh, it goes on to say, his dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom is one which shall not be destroyed. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was grieved and anxious within me, and the visions of my head alarmed and agitated me. I came near to one of those who stood there and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of the things. He said, these four great beasts are four kings who shall arise out of the earth, beginning with Nebuchadnezzar, Darius the Mede, Alexander the Great, and then the Romans. But the saints, but this, this goes on to say, but the, verse 18 says, but the saints of the Most High, and I love this, the saints of the Most High God shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever. Then I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the others. The fourth beast was the Romans. Exceeding terrible and shocking, whose teeth were of iron, its nails of bronze, which are devoured, broken, crushed, and trampled what was left with its feet, and about the ten horns representing kings that were on its head. And the other horn which came up later, and before which three of the horns fell, the horn which had eyes and a mouth that spoke great things, and which looked greater than the others. As I looked, this horn made war with the saints and prevailed over them. That's Revelation 13, verse 7 through 9. See, the comparison here is incredible. He makes this comparison that he made war with the saints and, and, and prevailed over them. That period of time in which he prevailed over them was the 42 months the times, times, and a half time of Revelation chapter 11, when the temple 
and the court which was without was given to the Gentiles for 42 months. It is the same three and a half years, 1260 days, 42 months of Revelation chapter 12, where this dragon stands before the woman to devour her child, and she has a place in the wilderness where she is nourished for a times, times, half a times. That was when uh, the saints that believed the words of Jesus in Matthew 24, when you see Jerusalem encompassed with armies, you better get out, flee, and get out of Judea, flee into the mountains. They, they went out and, and, and rocks, caves hid themselves. All kinds of stuff happened, but that was in perfect fulfillment of what he's declaring here in the book of Daniel, that it is the same period of time, the 42 months that you see in Revelation 13, where it has been given to the beast. To, to wear out the saints of the Most High God until it goes on to say, I looked and the horn made war with the saints and prevailed over them. That's in fulfillment of Revelation 13, verse 7 through 9. Until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High God. And the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. Thus the angel said, the fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on the earth, which shall be different from all the other kingdoms, shall devour the whole earth, tread it down, break it in pieces, and crush it. As for the ten horns out of his... Out of this kingdom ten kings shall arise, and another shall arise after them, and he shall be different from the former ones, and he shall subdue and put down three kings. He shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change time of the sacred feast and the holy days and the law. And the saints shall be given into his hand for a time, two times, half a times, or three and one-half years in fulfillment of Revelation chapter 13, verse 1 through 6. There is an, in, a remarkable comparison here. But the judgment shall, shall be set by the court of the Most High, and they shall take away His dominion to consume it gradually and to destroy it suddenly in the end. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all the dominions shall serve and obey him. Here is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts troubled and alarmed me much, and my cheerfulness and my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter and, and, and of the interpreting of the angel's information in my heart and in my mind. I'm telling you everything about this. It's not speaking of something out in the future. It is speaking of something that has already been fulfilled. Even when you get back here, let me just come back here and uh, uh, let, me, let me read you something here again. Uh, it, it says, this is verse number nine. I kept looking until thrones were placed for the assessor with the judge. And the Ancient of Days came, took his seat, whose garment was white as snow, and his hair... And, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was like fiery flame. Its wheels were like burning fire. I'm telling you, this terminology is used in the book of Revelation everywhere. In chapter 1, Jesus' head is like white like wool. Uh, in uh, the book of Revelation, there is a sea of glass mingled with fire. There was a stream of fire coming forth from before him. Thousands of thousands ministered to him. 10,000 times 10,000 rose up and stood before him. The judge was seated and the court was in session and the books were opened. And I looked then because of the sound of the great words. Now I want you to, to with that, I'm, I'm going to go over to uh, the book of Revelation and show you again how just remarkably uh, in, in the 20th chapter of the book of Revelation, uh, that this, this is almost word for word. Then I saw an angel descending from heaven. He was holding the key of the abyss, the bottomless pit, and a great chain was in his hand. 
And he gripped and overpowered the dragon, that old serpent of primeval times, who was the devil and Satan, and bound him securely for a thousand years. Then he hurled him into the abyss, the bottomless pit, and closed it and sealed it above him so that he should no longer lead astray, deceive, and seduce the nations until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be liberated for a short time. Then I saw thrones, very same language as the book of Daniel, that there was a judgment set. What I'm trying to suggest to you is that this is not in our future, it is in our past. Now let me say this to you, because uh, uh, you're going to jump to conclusions. I do believe that there is a resurrection of the just and of the unjust, and, but that it was, had begun and was underway and, uh, uh, and, and was ongoing. In other words, you know, every man in his own order, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we don't all die at the same time, so therefore we're not all judged at the same time. What I want you to see is that there was a judgment that was set 2,000 years ago, and, and he said, Then I saw thrones, and sitting on them were those whom authority to act as judges and to pass sentence was entrusted. That was the same ones in the book of Daniel that he said, I saw thrones and them that sat on them, and judgment was given to the people, the saints of the Most High. I believe that includes the apostles whom Jesus said, you will sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And he goes on to say, uh, sitting with them were those whom had authority to act as judges and to pass sentence was entrusted. Also I saw the souls of those who had been slain with axes or beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the preaching and the testimony for the word of God and who had refused to pay homage to the beast or his statue and had not accepted his mark or permitted to be stamped on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and ruled with Christ the Messiah a thousand years and the remainder of the dead were not restored again to life again to the thousand years were complete. This is the first resurrection. Blessed, happy, to be envied and holy spiritual unimpaired, innocent, and proved virtue is the person who takes part, shares in the first resurrection. Over them the second death exerts no power or authority, but they shall be ministers of God and of Christ, and they shall rule along with Him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his place of confinement. He'll go out to deceive and seduce and lead astray the nations, which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them to war. Uh, the number of them is as the sand of the sea. And they swarmed up over the broad plain of the earth and encircled the fortress of the camp of the saints. And the people of the saints of the Most High and the beloved city, but the fire descended up from heaven and consumed them. Then the devil who led them astray, deceiving and seducing them, was hurled into the fiery lake, burning brimstone, where the beast, the false prophet, were, and they were tormented day and night forever and ever throughout the ages of ages. And I saw a great white throne upon the one who was seated upon it, from whose presence the sight, the face of the earth and the sky fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead great and small uh, uh, stood before the throne and the books were opened on another book which is the book of life and the dead were judged and sentenced by what they had done their whole way of feeling and acting their aims and endeavors in accordance with what was recorded in the book. Can you see that these are exactly the same things happening in the book of Daniel? There was a throne set, books were opened, judgment was given, Fire came out, destroyed the enemies. The kingdom was delivered to the saints of the Most High. At that time, many that slept in the dust would arise. Some that came forth to uh, uh, the resurrection of the just, some to a resurrection of condemnation. And they were judged according to their works. I shared with you in a prior segment how uh, at this particular season of judgment was the season when there had to be some kind of a resurrection. Go back and see some of the other uh, segments where I show that when the temple was destroyed in Revelation chapter 11, what follows immediately upon the heels of the temple being destroyed is the last trumpet sounds and the dead are raised, which were the martyrs of Jesus who were crying out under the altar, how long till thou dost avenge us? 
I also believe that this is in fulfillment. This fire that's coming from this throne and this judgment that has been given is in fulfillment of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13 when he said the harvest is the end of the age and the angels are the reapers. He tells you that the Son of Man was the one who sowed the good seed in the field, but the enemy sowed tares. But the harvest would be the end of the age, not the end of this age. It was the end of that age when the reapers would gather together the wheat, bring it into the barn, but the tares would be burnt with an unquenchable fire. Can I tell you that's exactly what happened when the fires came down and destroyed Jerusalem, burn it with a, literally, it burnt fire, it rained fire and brimstone, almost exact same wording. It rained fire and brimstone upon these wicked men and judged them. Uh, it, was, it was a time of when, I mean, you could just see such parallels here. Uh, when you see them uh, being judged, there was a judicial decision that was made. The book of Daniel said, I, I, I beheld until thrones were set. And these people in Revelation 20 ruled and reigned with him. It was part of his judgment. You know, it's amazing to me, even if you read in the writings of Josephus, that he said that above the temple, during this period of time, when it was under siege and being destroyed and being burnt, it said that there were uh, in the clouds the physical, literal appearance of horses and chariots running about in the clouds of the heavens, and it was literally a sword that appeared over there, over the temple for a, a long period of time. And voices from the, the temple were saying, we are departing hence. We are leaving here. And so to me, it is a powerful picture of the Lord himself descending from heaven and the armies of heaven following him on white horses to judge and to bring the judgment that was written both in Daniel and in the book of Revelation in perfect and complete fulfillment of both Daniel and the book of Revelation. What are you trying to say, Brother Howes? I'm trying to tell you that a whole lot of stuff that we thought was in our future is not in our future. It is in our past. I'm not saying there's not still a judgment for people who die unsaved or people who die saved, but I don't believe we wait for thousands of years for something to happen. I believe that every man in his own order has to deal with whatever it is, the consequences of after death. And I'll tell you, that's such a vast subject that it's important possible to break that down. That would be a whole nother series in itself. But I just wanted you to see the fulfillment of this and how it perfectly fits both Daniel and the book of Revelation and see that it very possibly is not in our future, it's in our past. You've been great. Call the number on the screen, sow a seed into the ministry. Help us to take the gospel around the world. If you believe in what we're doing, get behind us. Don't sit on the, uh, the sidelines and let somebody else do it because they won't do it. Uh, be obedient to what God puts in your heart and do it today. God bless you. Somebody standing by to take your call. Thank you for joining us again this week. For anyone struggling to understand John's writings in Revelation, this book provides true, biblically-based answers. Through detailed insights into the letters John wrote to the seven churches of his day, you will learn how to avoid the mistakes of the early church to overcome today's trials and tribulations. This book will provoke you to thought and dialogue, bringing greater clarity and revelation of Jesus Christ. 